magic number. Good evening and welcome to everyone's favourite Korean football podcast, recorded in English, under a bridge at Sangam World Cup Stadium, while we're drinking beer like a couple of tramps. Uh, I'm Paul, I've got Mark here with me tonight. We're still on the lookout for a third presenter, so if you fancy having a, a bit of banter with us, by all means tweet, email or smoke signal us. You uh, could say the name of the podcast as well, just so they know who we are. It's 48 <laughs> Shades of Football. <laughs> but hopefully you know who we are, it says 48 Shades of Football on the, on the badge, yeah? Mm. So, very nice, salubrious place you've brought me to tonight. Uh, sitting under this bridge. Actually, I did have a, a seat outside GS with some some Ajaxi's Ramian still lying on the table. Yeah. Would you have brought me under the bridge? <laughs> <laughs> Not for the first time, shall I say, this season. So, uh... Anyway, should we get on to football <laughs> matters and away from our... <laughs> we probably should if we could take it off SoundCloud again. Yeah. <laughs> so, if I struggle to bring my memory back to what that opening music was, something from my childhood, De La Soul. De La Soul, three's a magic number. Three's a magic number. Yep, the reason being that for some teams... They can finish the league with three points and three is a magic number, but unfortunately for so Martyrs, they finished on minus three. So when you told me you wanted to have that as an intro, I was hoping that they'd actually won and got the three points needed to bring them up to zero, but you're telling me... I'm telling you they actually lost again. They lost 10-1 on the final day uh, to finish the season on minus three points and a whopping goal difference of minus 276. <laughs> For anyone who checks soccer way, soccer way is wrong. They have an extra goal for, for, uh, for the matter that didn't happen. <laughs> so amazingly, 25 games played, 0-1, 0 drawn, 25 lost, 9 goals scored, 285 goals against, which gave them a goal deficit of minus 276, and they were deducted 3 points for not fielding a goalkeeper. Or enough players. Try out. Or came out or whoever it is. <laughs> Lee out. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but yeah, you've, you've, they have to be the worst team in the world. There cannot be a team worse than them. And I may just email the Guardian to find out if I'm correct with that. I think we should. The, uh, the should, knowledge, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> pretty incredible. I mean, that's. So we should re- we should insane. email them from the uh, podcast account. So. So they so they may follow us. Yeah. <laughs> or reporters <laughs> for something. Of course, they won't be too upset about it, right? Because it's all God's plan. So, anyway, I guess better luck next year for the martyrs. You can't imagine they couldn't get any worse. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I think they did one. They did win one game last year. They did, I, think. I think they beat Seoul United one now. Uh, I don't oh, remember the score, it? but they definitely beat Seoul United. Yeah. So, and this year they managed to go from three points to minus three. So it's pretty incredible. But yeah, worst team in the world by far, definitely. That's not in the world, definitely in Korea. But definitely worth going along to watch their games if you ever get the chance. I think. Definitely, there's a really nice convenience store uh, right kind of built into the stadium that does really good Markley. Uh, it's just it's just normal so Markley, but it's unlimited. They just keep giving it to you even when you're trash drunk, falling off the stairs and stuff like that. They still keep serving it to you. And the other thing to note about the Martyrs, because I've been seeing them a couple of times, and even though they concede sort of 10 to 30 goals a game, I think I'd still struggle to get into that team. They're not that bad when you look at them, are they? I mean, they there, was sh- a, there, there was a guy a couple of years ago, played them number three, uh, and he, he was a 
pretty stout lad let's say uh, he was kind of like uh, Gascon at his fattest yeah. but he he kind of strolled through the games yeah I mean like I don't think I don't think they are a particularly poor team I mean like they do have wags I think they just can't they have, they have no manager and they, just, and they just can't play together and I guess they don't have a decent goalie which is always a struggle yeah and then for half of the season they had a lot of matches where they're only turning up with 8 or 9 players yeah. so that's always going to and that's not going to help you any at all yeah. is it but yeah I mean if you get the chance if you're at a loose end and if they're playing at home they play their home stadium is, is near I think it's called Mia on line 4 yeah, it's just past Chongnyang yeah it's like uh, it's a nice place couple of good garbage restaurants running about it uh, just be careful for the baseball bat wielding Ajishi who sometimes runs in the stands and attacks foreigners <laughs> or maybe just me ok so that's the martyrs thanks for the providing the source the inspiration for this week's intro music I guess theoretically we do have a couple of midweek games tomorrow don't we we uh, do yeah with the FA Cup tomorrow FA Cup semi-finals uh, Paul are you going to go to Ulsan VFC so actually I was going to go and I was going to cycle back from Ulsan to, to arrive in Songnam by Sunday and then something cropped up so unfortunately I can't make it anymore but I'll probably like watch it on trains. TV <laughs> 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 like realism <laughs> an idea that cycling from Ulsan to Songnam you watch Songnam VSO was probably not, <laughs> probably not the best idea in the world <laughs> I'll, I'll do it next year yeah uh, I think I'll I'm 95% certain I'm going to go to the uh, Incheon Jonam game uh, purely because uh, actually there's no reason but because getting I quite like Incheon Stadium uh, so I think I might pop along hopefully there'll be a decent enough crowd it's a semi-final of an FA Cup I mean surely Incheon will find some fans that they haven't found already this season um, so yeah hopefully and I be, it should be a decent game both teams have nothing else to play for both of them in bottom six so I think, I mean, normally we would probably have pulled this out as a red button, but given that the draw was only made about a week or ten days ago, I don't think there's really too much to add from nah, what we much. discussed back then. Nope. The only thing of interest for me is that Kim Sung Dae, who was the goalie for the away game in Kuwait last Thursday for the national team, yes, he's been released to go back and play for Ulsan tomorrow, so he's not going to play tonight. Yeah, there's been quite a few players actually have been so, released yeah. from the... I guess, I guess given tonight's a friendly against Jamaica uh, which is obviously why we're in Sang- Sangam tonight uh, and probably we'll have a few live updates during the game I'll have a few beers <laughs> but yeah I think Uli since it's only a friendly Uli's done the K-League a favour and released any players from well aren't any from Incheon are they or Seoul are there any Chunnam players in the squad they weren't this time but any yeah. he's He'll also didn't he he released um uh, Kim Young Won back to uh, Evergrande because oh, Evergrande said that they have they have a, a very a couple of important Super League games coming up and they have the ACL I guess it's next week or the week after yep. uh, sometime in October anyway against uh, Gamba which they're not particularly looking like they're going to win um, so yeah so he's like he apparently Big Big Phil we'll call him Big Phil not Fat Phil that I've been calling him but apparently uh, Big Phil called up Really, directly, <laughs> I guess they play together or know each other or something, uh, and said, "I want, <coughs> I want Kim back. He's too important. I want, to, I want to put him on the bench." And so, really said, "Yeah." 
So I have no, not really got any idea who we're going to turn up to watch tonight, to be honest. Uh, Do you think we'll get to see Jung in goal? Well, I'm what assuming he's going to release back for Suwon, because they have a huge game on, on, on Saturday, and they play, yeah, Saturday, Sunday. So I, I don't really know who we're going to see. Who was the third goalie? Was it the, the Pusan goalie? Oh no, it was the, the Chumba goalie, wasn't it? Ponsante. Yeah, but who, obviously, I guess. I guess he'll start tonight. I guess he'll start tonight then, yeah. Um, thanks for the side effects. <coughs> La Bamba. La Bamba. So, yeah, two FA Cup games tomorrow. What's your predictions, Paul, for Il Sanso? Uh, I'm going to go with two home wins for both games. Ilsan can win at home twice against so. <laughs> okay, so Ilsan in turn final. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, strange enough. I'm going to go with two away wins, which will be the nightmare scenario for me, for the FA and for pretty much every K League fan for the FA Cup final because I'll be playing in the middle of absolute nowhere in Guang, whatever it is. Guangyang. Guangyang. Uh, but I think so will beat Ilsan because I think. To be honest, I think it's Seoul's only chance of an ACL spot. I don't think they're going to get above um, Pohang and Suwon, or Suwon, I mean. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think Incheon were poor the last time I saw them. I think John Am will probably see this as being the only way they can make this season not absolute shit. I guess this is the, the Incheon Chonnam game is. The, the playoff between the two teams that almost made the, the top six and yeah. didn't, so I guess we'll see who's more mentally scarred by yeah. that failure to make the top six. I mean, I think John Am probably realised that, 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 that they've thrown the top six away a long time ago. It was always a, a slim hope for them, wasn't it? Whereas yeah. Incheon really bottled really it. should have had it. They yeah. bottled it completely in the last day. Poor tactics, poor play, everyone was poor. Yeah, so yeah, so I'm going to go for two away wins. Two away wins, so... So and John Am. So John and final down in Guangyang. I'll don my red shirt and follow the boys down there. <laughs> the op- optimum would be Seoul and Incheon, right? So that. Well, uh, I don't quite know where that gets played though. Seoul Incheon gets played at Sangam. Oh, it does okay. So I guess we should explain for the listeners that they make when they make the semi-final draw, they also have a, a separate drawing of lots to decide the, what the final is. So I think there's. There's four balls numbered one to four, and then there's a star ball. So each team picks a number, so they get one, two, three, four, and then I guess there are another four balls. One's got a star and three blanks, and whoever gets the star is gets the top seed. So star beats one, beats two, beats three, beats four, beats star. Okay. So based on that, Seoul got the star. So they will play... And they fight no matter what? At home? No, they... So that, that's why I guess Inchung probably got number one. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly the logistics, but Seoul got the, the top one. So they get if they play Inchon, they play at Sangam. If they play Chonnam, they play away at Chonnam, right? Okay. If Ulsan beat Seoul, they'll be home to Chonnam or away to Inchon. Oh, okay. So each team has a, a chance to be at home for the final. Okay. Depending on who the opposition is. Okay, I prefer the bamba. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, okay. So basically, like, if Ilsan got Incheon, it would be Incheon Ilsan at Incheon. Yep. From a neutral's point of view, that would probably be the best final because Incheon's quite easy to get to. Really, it's a tiny little stadium. It's right on the pitch. We probably have a good atmosphere. And they have a terrible record at Sangam, so yeah, you'd have to say that Seoul Incheon at Sangam is likely to be most likely to be a Seoul win. 
pretty high as well. Although we did say that last year about Soul Song them, so. Yeah, but I mean, you'd imagine Soul Soul Engine would be a pretty high. Yeah, but a pretty re- pretty resounding victory, I think. But I think probably we can say from a podcast point of view, if the final will be in Seoul or Incheon, we'll probably go along. If yep. it's going to be in Ulsan or Kwangyang, I'll, I'll probably go to Kwangyang because it'll be against Seoul, but wouldn't check down to Ulsan to watch Ulsan versus Jeonnam. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go to Ulsan for Ulsan Jeonnam. I would probably go to Jeonnam for for Seoul Jeonnam just purely because I've never been there. And it's a lovely uh, little stadium actually, pain to get to. So that's the miscellaneous covered. Uh, I guess we'll get on to the reviews of last week's action. So obviously with it being a, a FIFA weekend, internationals, there was no K-League Classic. We've got one international game from last Thursday to review, which was the away game in Q8. Did you watch it? Uh, I didn't actually, know. Uh, I was going to watch it, um, but uh, I went to a Poja Macha instead and um, the, the rest you got high <laughs> yeah I got high I was going to watch the match but I, <laughs> I was going to watch the match but I got high uh, which might be linked to our outro music later um, but unfortunately uh, my history of seeing football games after a poja matcha is very low so yeah I, I didn't see it but I heard it was a amazing battling performance like Cavalier like a joy for the eyes to behold <laughs> not the game I watched wasn't it 2-0 <laughs> 2-1 um, 1-0 two one? One one yeah Korea started off quite brightly and they scored within probably the first 10 minutes and then after that Kuwait basically hammered them but they looked poor going forward Kuwait I mean they had a couple of chances but yeah, it was a pretty bad game to be honest so was it a deserved victory for for Korea in the end or do you think uh, I don't think they could have complained if it was a draw um, but they probably did enough to shade it and now that means they've got four wins out of four halfway through the, the qualifying campaign so they've practically qualified already uh, they have to finish first right to have to qualify second for playoff is it I don't know I did check and I've completely forgotten since then because I've been focusing on European Euro qualifiers recently. Yeah. And Shut the fuck up. <laughs> we shall not discuss the European qualifiers on a podcast entitled 48 Shades of Football K-League underscore podcast. You know, most of the football fans in Korea are probably more interested in that than what we do. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, if you're if you're interested, uh, Northern Ireland, Ireland, England, and Gareth Bale <laughs> all made it to to the, at least the playoffs. And uh, Iceland. And Iceland got their first. And Albania. Of but unfortunately, Scotland didn't make it at all. Yeah. They, did, they did have a tough group, to be honest. They had a pretty easy group. Germany, Poland and Ireland. the also runs. <laughs> but unfortunately after beating Ireland and drawing with Ireland, we failed to beat Georgia. And that cost us everything. And then Ireland beat Germany, which basically Well yeah, yeah, Ireland beat Germany was the big was a big shock of the of the group. But yeah, Scotland yet again deprived of showing our arses to a nation at, <laughs> at championships. At least just still in the Rugby World Cup. The well, that is a thing. Yeah, that is a point, yeah. Although, 
be just squeezed past Samoa, <laughs> to be honest. Which meant you just squeezed past Japan, right? Which meant we just squeezed by Japan, and you were pretty poor against the USA. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to Scotland, Australia next weekend. That's going to be, that's going to be a, an epic 400-0 hammering. Yeah, Scotland is not a particularly good sport nation right now. Even, even Andy Murray is shit. I guess this, this might get cut for length, but while we're on the subject of the Rugby World Cup, uh, they have this bonus point system, right, where if you score yes, score a lot of tries or concede relatively few, so you have a big gap, you get bonus points. Yes. Which meant that South Africa, Scotland and Japan all had the same win-loss record. But Scotland had more bonus points. South Africa had more bonus points. I'm talking about uh, yeah. Japan, yeah. So, I think... South Africa ended up with 16 points, Scotland with 14, and Japan with 12, was it? Yeah, even though they have the same number of points, yeah. But you, do you think that could work in football? The thing is, like, I actually think that would be a great idea. Uh, I don't know how you would do it. I mean, getting five tries in a rugby match is, takes a lot of doing, like a lot of doing. So I guess in football, it would be the equivalent of like 10 goals, maybe, <laughs> I guess, or something like that. But I think definitely that idea... Yeah. There's been a lot of things I've seen in the Rugby World Cup that I was I've kind of been impressed with, like referees with microphones, yep. like directly transmitted onto TV. Brilliant. Uh, this even even the Sinbin idea, I think makes sense. Yep. I think for two yellow cards, a player should be put in Sinbin, not sent off. And then red card for a third yellow. Yep. Red card for a third yellow. Straight straight red if it's a if it's a, if it's a deserved straight red. But two yellows don't get sent off. Like, go to Sinbin for like 15 minutes. Like, your team without 10 men for 15 minutes is a big enough punishment, I think. Ah. Talking of straight reds, I think we talked in a couple of podcasts ago. Uh, let me get back to this in a minute. We'll finish talking about the, the rugby first, but remind me to get back to the red card issue in a minute. Okay, that's what we'll do. So, yeah, I mean, definitely I think microphones to, to referees is, is, uh, would be a great idea in football, particularly in some countries where we accuse the referees of being potentially biased, which is every country in the world. <laughs> um, I think um, like the Sinbin idea for two yellow cards is just brilliant. That should definitely be implemented. Uh, and, when I, and when I apply for president of FIFA, uh, that's, what I'll, that's my selling point. So, so now with Blatter, Blatter and Platini both out on their asses, do you think we've got hope of seeing some of these reforms? Um, we've got more of, I think there's more of seeing gold line technology. I mean, how a sport as massive as football has no gold line technology is embarrassing. They're doing the EPL now. Well, yeah, but I mean, they, it's been resisted and resisted and resisted and eventually kind of ebbed into one league or two leagues here and there because Blatter opposed it. Why? Crazy. I mean,. Well, we all know why Blatter opposed it, because like, there envelopes to referees and from referees like, would have had to stop. Uh, but I think definitely, like, football was so far behind all its competitors in terms of technology, Cricket, in terms of... tennis, rugby... But just in terms yeah. of a lot of things as well. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't evolve. It's just like, it's just like stagnant sport. Um, but yeah, like the five tries thing, I mean, if you turned it into seven goals... Seven, seven goals? That's a bit optimistic, isn't it? Well, what would it be? Five goals? Uh, yeah, it could be five goals. Five goal gap? I would well, say a three goal gap gets you one bonus point. 
or five goals total gets you two. You look at the leagues like Scotland, <laughs> we have Celtic Rangers, Hamlin teams like 5 1, 6 1, that when there was a Rangers, stuff like that. I think it, you need to maybe maybe make it like a, a, you know, like something that's not easily achievable. But something that is something that is possible though. Yeah, 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 oh, definitely. I think, I, I guess you'd have to do, do some statistical analysis. Yeah. Perhaps our friends at Radar Football could. Football Radar even. A Football Radar could come up with a, an, an appropriate idea. gap. But I, I think definitely it's something that, that they should look into. Um, I think, for example, for, because like, you, you often see leagues where, you know, it's like 4-0 at half time. Yeah. And they come out second half and no one, like, the, 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 the recent Soul Song, uh, Soul Suwon game, or sorry, Suwon Soul game. Yeah. 3-0 half time. You knew so big going to do anything in the second half. Yeah. Because the, the, the three goes up, but yeah. if a four goal gap meant you get an extra point, yeah. they, they always kept going at the Suwon, do you know what I mean? And Suwon would have attacked it so we can uh, try and stop that extra point as well. I think we've seen in uh, the K3 this year that they've had half points for various matches, haven't they? I forget what it is. Because the way the K3 works is they're split into two groups and then yeah. they have a, a period of inter, interleague play. And I think for the interleague matches, they didn't have draws. They had a, a half point for... Okay. So do you think a full point would be... A, the bonus point should be a full point or do you think a half point would be sufficient for, a, say, a, a well, three or four okay, goal so gap? Okay, so if you did a half point, then you could do like a three goal gap, a half point... Four, uh, and a, and four a or five, five goal, goal gap, oh, a, a full yeah. point. Yeah, a full point. That would encourage teams to go for it. It would also mean that last day of the season drama would be more potentially would be more common because you know, like, even if you was like you know a team with three points ahead, yeah. if you went and hammered a team six 0 on the last day, yeah. you could put it, you could potentially get four points, yeah, yeah. And, and just shade it. Like Stoke did when they beat Liverpool six six nil on the last game yeah. of last season. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think I think bringing in some of those. Some of the ideas from rugby wouldn't be a bad idea for, for, for football. As I said, I think it's a pretty archaic sport at times. Yeah. Um, I mean, they made all those changes, you know, like the back pass rule and blah, blah, blah. So they can make these changes if they want. Back passes and the goalies, yeah. So, the, so they can make changes if they want. Uh, and I think it's definitely something that they could think about. And it's something you'll be on straight away when you're... Elected yeah. president of FIFA. When I'm president of FIFA, I'll still be doing the podcast every Monday as well, but <laughs> from my Zurich headquarters, or wherever they are. phone it in, are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Skype it in. With a virtual brown envelope for me, to <laughs> not to slag you off. Anyway, uh, I did mention just now about the red card issue. You did, so yes. I think we mentioned a couple of podcasts ago that in, in the K-League you rarely see a straight red card. When someone gets sent off, it's normally two yellows. Yeah. Uh, last Wednesday, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? I went along to see the FC Soul friendly with the Chongchun. Ah, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> I'll save my main criticism for when we do our rant on referees because I, I, I highly suspect that I've, I've, to, to explain to the listeners about what Chongchun FC is, it's, it's a rehabilitation team, right? So it's guys that have dropped out of football, being coached by. World Cup legend and Jong Hwan to, to similar to what Glenn Hoddle does in Spain to give them a chance at breaking back into the game, isn't mm. it? So yes. pe- people that dropped out because of injury or because they were released from their contract, it's trying to give them a 
a, a platform to get get a new contract. So it's being filmed for TV on KBS. So obviously they need a little bit of drama. And I would highly suspect that they'd agreed on the result for the game beforehand. Oh, <laughs> they're planning to beat Songnam, so I, I do believe that <laughs> they've agreed on results. So Seoul's team was made up of a couple of first team fringe players. Yeah. So guys who are normally on the subs bench but don't make more than the odd appearance. Uh, a couple of the couple of defenders were the, were the main guys. And Chaddery. Uh, no, Chaddery wasn't it. Addy, Addy p played for the oh, first time. Addy played, yeah. okay. Sure. Played the 90 minutes. Um, still fit, still got good, still defends well, but his, his touch has gone, I would say. Yeah. He's clearly not used to passing out, so a lot of his passes were mislaid. Um, Sol took the lead midway through the first half through Isokyon, the midfielder who they signed from Incheon over, uh, last year. Oh, yeah, who's played a couple of games. Uh, and then it all went to shit, basically, because the, refer the, the linesman just kept giving offside when it clearly wasn't. Okay. So Sol kept breaking forward, had the ball in the net, and then the, the linesman would raise his flag for offside. And each time that happened, it was exactly right in, in line with where I, I was. And I could say, hey, he was like two metres behind, and he just sprinted <laughs> on past this guy. And okay. So what could have been a 4-1 win ended up being a one-all draw. A one-all draw, yeah. But, yeah. But the, 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 I guess the point, the red card point, is that around about 80 minutes, Sol brought on one of their guys. So Sol have their reserves... But they also have their feeder teams, like a high school team and a middle school team, yeah. don't they? So they had three guys from the high school team who they had on the subspension. and they brought on one guy, and he played for two minutes before he was sent off with a straight red card, which apparently was for mouthing off at the ref. So he sent off for mouthing off at the ref. Yeah. So like um, nobody knew what was going on because even he, he's like, presumably to be fair, the Chongchun guys were very physical. They had some really crunching tackles. Obviously, they're trying to make a name for themselves. As, yeah. Uh, and there were some distinctly over-the-top tackles for what what's a friendly with a K-League team, right? You don't you don't want your you don't want uh, some of your players getting injured by having their legs broken by some. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, I mean, I've, uh, it's actually based. I believe it's based on a program that was in Hong Kong or somewhere else. I think. Yeah. Um, like, there was a TV show as well, uh, which, which was called. Last Chance or something I think in Korea the, tr the direct translation is um, Last Chance or something like that, or Last Eleven or Final Eleven or something that I think it's called yeah. um, but I mean I'd, I'd, it's maybe something to discuss on, an, on another podcast but I just want to be brief for this like, it's, what was the tennis like at uh, Sangam? So the, the match is played on the practice pitch at Sangam which has, okay. has an, a, a capacity of about a thousand and they allotted 500 tickets for Seoul fans and 500 tickets for teenage girls who support Chongchun. Um, it was pretty much full. Yeah. They played it at Tanchon. It was probably the second biggest crowd of the season. Um, and that's what people have been talking about. It's, it's been kind of... Like, it has kind of gripped uh, drama fans, like... No, like, you know, they also played like, against Eland, challenge didn't they? fans and things. Like that. Yeah, apparently Eland, they were all over it. Apparently Eland, they were all over the stadium, like watching it from a hill. Um, so it seems to have kind of grabbed people, and it's kind of an thing that annoys me about um, football fans in, in Korea. Is that someone will actually go and watch that game against Songnam, 
but won't actually go and watch Songnam v Seoul <laughs> on Sunday. So you don't think any of these fans will be converted into K-League fans? or? They might fans? be, but I doubt, I doubt it. I think they're all Infinite Challenge fans. I think they're, they're the same fans who go and stand at uh, show champion concerts. I think it's the same people. And they're there for the... The handsomeness of the players, rather than the yeah. the technical skills, or the well, they're there for the idea that they make it on TV. Um, yeah, the, the same as tonight. I mean, there, there'll probably be a imagine a bigger crowd tonight than than FC so I've seen for most of the season. Yeah, uh, and it's not fans who are actual football fans. As we discussed last week on on uh, Groovecast, like most of the the Korean national team fans are people who you would not necessarily say follow the football club. Or were actual football fans. Yeah. They follow Korea, uh, and I mean, what 19,000 turned up last night to watch the Korean Olympic team against the Olympiaroos. Olympiaroos. The Olympiaroos. That's even worse than Olympiaroos. Olympus. Uh, <laughs> the Olympus. So I mean, that's the thing. Like probably 19,000 would turn up to watch the Olympus play Korea. Uh, so it's the thing that if you can get some of these fans to come watch Kili, great. But I just unfortunately don't think they are actual fans who care about supporting a club, but they care more about supporting an identity or, or, or an idea. There was a huge bump after the 2002 World Cup, wasn't there? Because obviously yeah. Korea got to the semi-finals, and the first the first few games of the K League after that, there was a massive bump in attendances. But we've seen a, a, a gradual slide since then. Yeah. As usual, we start off with a point and we, we shift into a, a massive tangent and this is going to end up in another two-hour podcast if we're not careful, so shall we move on? We had a point. <laughs> oh, like, about episode two, we had a point. <laughs> <laughs> it's about red cards, but... Okay, yeah, red cards. Yeah, very rarely get a red card in Korea, usually two, uh, two yellows. If they brought in rugby rolls, I mean, me and you would have a bunch of people who would um, be spending maybe 15 minutes off and not the rest of the game, yeah? One, one point about that... If they brought in Sinbin for two yellow cars, do you think you would get more diving or less diving? Uh, a lot of diving isn't really punished anyway, is it? Yeah, well, I guess, yeah. So, Actually, I think Korea... So they may be more inclined to actually punish them because they're, they're not getting sent off. They'd only be going into Sinbin. So dives might be punished more often. And then if you... If you die three times, you're off. A lot, yeah. A lot of the the niggly things which they tend to let go might get a yellow card. Yeah. Especially if they've been booked once for a bad challenge, and then they sort of push it close to the line, something which they would get a booking for if they hadn't already been booked, but yeah. it's not really worth sending off. Then. Okay. Give them the second yellow and ten minutes in the Simbin. I think it'd be a great idea. I'm definitely going to push it when I become president. So we started off talking about the the World Cup qualifier with Q8. We seeged into the Rugby World Cup, which may or may not get cut, depending on time. Yep. Talked about the rehabilitation of players that have dropped out of the game. Yep. Straight red cards. Yep. Is there really nothing else to talk about? No, no games last week at all? <laughs> well, apparently there was games in the, in the challenge. So there was games in the challenge on... Um, on... Uh, yeah. Although, frankly, most of our listeners, except Stevie, probably care more about our opinions about... Rugby World Cups and red cards and, and challenge, challenge yeah. games, but so the challenge games were on the seventh and then the tenth. So last Wednesday and last, last Wednesday. Saturday, Sunday. Okay, so let's just rattle through them quickly. Yep. Uh, Gang one one, Suwon City one. Um, okay. Chunju no, 
Jungnam two, with a surprising one, I guess. Yep. Eland uh, one, Goyang one, and Daegu one, Ansan Police one. Hey, no. So I guess <laughs> only Daegu made made any. Sang Sangju also had a game scheduled, but it's been put back for about a month, so they've got a game in hand. It, it wasn't yep. their scheduled week off. It's just a, for whatever reason the match was. Postponed. They were playing Anyang. So maybe the game is basically like. Uh, the only big talking point was Daegu stretching their lead uh, at the top. And Suwon Eland dropping points. dropping points, yeah. yeah. Well, drawing, yeah, but dropping yeah. points, yeah. So then we'll swiftly move on to the weekend. Okay. To uh, Saturday, Sunday. And there was a lot of pretty interesting high scoring games. Um, I, guess there, I guess it was Daegu's weekend off, I guess. Uh, so we had Goyang nil, police one. Okay. Uh, Gyeongnam unable to capitalise on their 2-0 victory of a Chunju. Gyeongnam two, Anyang two. Yep. Uh, Eland humping Chunju four two. Yep. I'm sure if Stevie was here, he'd still be moist. <laughs> um, and uh, for, for me, the, an amazing scoreline: Butchon four, uh, Gang one two. Not that it was unexpected to see Butchon win, but they were something like 3-0 up. In uh, 15 minutes, 15 right? 15 minutes, yeah. Like, absolutely humped uh, Gang 1 at the weekend. And Sangju had the weekend off again. Sangju had the weekend off again, yeah. They didn't have the weekend off. They should have played, yeah, but, but yeah. their games were rearranged for the 11th of November. So maybe it coincides with the fact that they gave half the players back to the clubs. Surely it's because it's the army team they're playing on Remembrance Sunday. Probably, yeah. Which doesn't exist here. We'll have to go but along and watch that with our puppies. But, but shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> anyway, puppies up. Anyway, um, so after two more fixtures, or two more weeks, so to speak, but two more fixtures, yep. uh, we have Daegu still in first, uh, 34 games played, 61 points. Eland are now in second, boo. Uh, 35 games played, 56 points. Sangju, with two games in hand on Eland, uh, have got. Um, uh, 55 points. Suwon on 34 matches played have 55 points. So basically, like, the like second, third, and fourth have one point between them. Uh, fifth place, Butchon back in the mix, perhaps. Well, I, r- I read on Rock Football that they're playing Sangju this weekend. Okay, so, so out of the mix. So if they win that, they'd be two points behind Sangju. Although Sangju have two games in hand, do they? Uh, one on Butchon. Uh, one on Butchon, so they'd have. It'd be two points behind Sangju, but Sangju have got a game in hand. Lose that, and you probably got the top four fixed, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you, you would think so, yeah. I think Koyang and Ansan are just too far behind yeah, now. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I mean, after that, you, you said about Goyang, 40, uh, forty-five, Ansan forty, uh, Gang one thirty-nine, Anyang just hurtling down the table. Uh, now ninth, thirty-nine points. Gyeongnam. Uh, in 10th, 37, and Chunju rooted at the bottom on 32. So if Butchon don't start, if Butchon don't beat Sangju, then yeah, you think the top four, not not the order, but the top four teams are fixed. Yeah. If they do beat Sangju, then they still have hope if they can go on a good run yep. to the end of the season. So if we got they, If they beat Sangju, then the pig is amongst the apple cart. Um, so should we do the previews for the challenge? Well, what are we talking about this weekend? Uh, was that an ask or an order, boss? I'm the host, so it's an order. Okay, sweet boss. Uh, okay, the games are played uh, over Saturday, Sunday, Monday. 
Monday. What's on Monday? And San Police. Could be an interesting podcaster. <laughs> Who are they playing? They're playing uh, Gyeongnam. That might well, be a, a doable well, game. That might be. Let me put my schedule off tomorrow. <laughs> We're so organised that, that we knew that was coming up. Yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, so the games are played uh, over Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, Saturday sees just two games. Uh, Sanju v Butchon, as Paul mentioned earlier. And uh, Gangwon v Chunju. Which is pretty much irrelevant, that one. Yeah, so let's just pick the ones that are important. Um, so Sanju Butchon. Paul, home win, away win, draw? Uh, I think it'll be a score draw. I don't think Puchan have got enough to beat them. It is definitely the, the first game after the army released 13 players. So you're thinking Puchan have got the... For, for a match which is vitally important to them, they've got the perfect time to play it? I think so, yeah. Unless you've got people who haven't been playing for the army up to now have got a chance to take a place in the team. That's so. possible as well, yeah. But I think... Okay, yeah, I'm going to go with you on a score draw with that one. That's, that sounds more realistic than my Puchan away win. Um, I think an away win would be good for the league, but I think Sangju will be doing anything they can not to lose. Yeah, probably, yeah. Uh, next up on the Sunday, we have Daegu v Goyang and Eland v Suwon. Two, I mean, not massive games in terms of the, the teams playing, but I mean, Daegu should beat Goyang, but if they don't, then you would maybe see a crack appearing, maybe their bottle might be gone. Yep. Uh, Elan Suwon, that's going to separate the, the wheat four. from the chaff. The wheat from the chaff. This is like expression day. <laughs> um, that's going to separate, at least put a gap between those teams. Might not, might be a draw, <laughs> in which case there's no gap. But uh, you have to imagine if Elan won that, that would open up a four point gap with only, you know, like maybe four four games left or so. Yep. That would probably probably stake Elan's place as second. Yep. Okay. On the Monday the game we might go to and podcast live from. Uh, we have the police versus Gyeongnam on Monday at seven PM. Sounds like the kind of game that Alistair would go to. It sounds like it might be as well. So if you're in the Ansan Wa Stadium and you see several foreigners huddled over a silver vibrator-esque looking machine. In fact, if you go to the Ansan Wase and you see three people at all, it's probably going to be us, right? <laughs> it's going to be us, yeah. <laughs> can't imagine anyone else is going to be there. No, but yeah, so try and get Clark along. He lives down that way, so... Yep, sounds good to have. Oh, I think I have a class on Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Anyway, uh, big game of the in the challenge purely because of I guess the Sanju Butchon and the Elan Suwon games. If those games go according to how we think they should go, i.e. a Sanju victory and probably an Elan victory, then yeah, you have gaps forming in that in that top four. And if it goes the other way, everyone's clumping together again. Yep. Yeah, if it goes our way, if if Butchon beats Sanju and Elan and Suwon draw, either Butchon and 53. Suwon 56, Sanju 55, Elan 57. So you'd have four teams on basically on four between, with a four point gap. And Butchon would be the form team at that point. So yeah, Butchon could still make it up. Still make it up. 
nice to see them up there rather than bloody somewhere that's miles away. Yeah, what I would like to see is Bruchon in the Classic and the first game at Jeju. I will be there. <laughs> I will, even though I don't particularly like either of the two teams, I'll find somewhere in that stadium to sit as a neutral and just see if the Bruchon fans actually burn down the stadium. So that's the challenge dealt with. Oh, no comment on Bruchon v Jeju if it ever happens. Okay, one quick thing and then we'll move on. Yep. What do you think will have the biggest rivalry, the, the biggest, maybe the, the most heated atmosphere? Do you think it'll be Bruchon if they ever play Jeju? Or do you think, in, in Jeju, or do you think it'll be Anyang if they ever play Seoul in Seoul? Anyang Seoul. You think there's more, there's, there's more hatred there? I think Jeju fans are just too far removed. There's not enough, not, mm. there's not enough of a hardcore support to... to cause an issue, yeah? Yeah. Whereas you do have Anyang's headcases and Seoul's headcases, yeah? Yeah, I mean, that could be, I think, oh, I mean, Anyang here, gee, Anyang at Saturday, that would be a game where you may actually see a police presence. Anyang here? I, I do not think it would be worse when if Seoul go to Anyang. I don't think there's enough Anyang fans there. Well, I guess the whole community, yeah, maybe it would be worse, yeah. Getting I mean, them on home turf, but I, I... I mean, getting from Anyang Stadium to any subway station takes a bit of... But I, I would assume that here there's adequate segregation, whereas probably at the Anyang Stadium, you, 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 you can walk around. You can walk all the way around, and almost, almost. Yeah. It would be easier to kick off, I think. I mean, they're a bit used to it because of like, the Anyang Buchon segregation, because they've been fighting for, for years as well. Uh, but yeah, it could be interesting. As you remember, when uh, Anyang made their, like, had their official ceremony for the, the foundation of their team two years ago. Seoul sent one of those massive congratulatory bouquet things and yeah, and it, they, they, they destroyed it didn't they the Anyang people yeah. so I'm looking forward to it I I mean, I'm surprised it hasn't happened in a cup but I guess it's only been two years but I think it'll be I think it'll be interesting I think it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, it's one of those things that I, I do feel that maybe the key league needs I think that the kind of yeah. I think the super match has become a little bit stilted I, I, think, I think the one with a bit of bite now is Seoul Incheon isn't it after the <laughs> it seems to be uh, and anyone who plays John Book away that I at John Book seems to come in for a bit of stick yep. especially if you're a magpie yep I guess that's enough about the challenge unless Stevie's here to prod us about it we don't really need to talk about it in detail do we which I think we probably did spend about 30 minutes on but anyway <laughs> unless disgusted from Tun Tunbridge Wells writes in and says why aren't you talking about the challenge more I'm, I'm inclined to especially given our lack of relative lack of knowledge about it and inclined to move yep, on it's perfect so no no games in the classic last weekend which kind of left me at a loss of what to do um, this weekend sees the first round of post split fixtures it does yes so we've all got five games left were you happy with the way that your the Songnam fixtures worked out I was very happy with that actually yeah um, I thought it was interesting I, I thought it was quite strange that they put the uh, Songnam Seoul game first. I thought that was quite weird to, because you know, like Songnam Seoul were the kind of two teams vying for. Well, I mean, Songnam Seoul and Pohang are the teams vying for like third spot. If you imagine that Suwon are going to keep pushing John Book, um, so if you're thinking there's only one ACL spot left in, in the league, it was strange to give 
Sonam and Seoul at home the first week yep. and then give like uh, John uh, Pohang first week I thought that was like, a really strange way of doing it um, but, but if we're going to talk about it on a general level so I guess the interesting th- thing for me is that despite the massive gap they have set up Chumbuk Suwon to be the last game of the season. I think, I think so that makes sense. The, the potential for a winner takes all. And also the last game of the season is for Seoul is away at Puang. So do you think the league's thinking that come the, come the next five games it's going to be Seoul versus Puang fighting for third spot rather than Songnam? Do you think they think Songnam are going to drop by the wayside? I think if you look at it, like, if you look at all the fixtures, like yeah. the way that they've done them, yeah. uh, I think it's very cleverly done. Um, for example... If, if John Book could choose one team not to play yep. in the first game, it would be Pohang. Right. I mean, Pohang knocked him out of the cup and then pumped him at home in the steel yard. Yeah. So, John Book don't want to play Pohang. They want to play Pohang last or third or fourth. They don't want to play them first and then lose that game, right? Also, if Suwon could have chosen a team to play, it would probably have been Jeju. Yep. The team had just scraped in, right? Yeah. So, you, so you, you're looking at like first v third, and like second v sixth. Yep. Uh, which I think is done, but like with the idea in mind that Suwon win, John Book lose, and suddenly it's like bang, six, you know, get everyone bunched up. Yeah, and it's only only a few points, and it becomes interesting, yeah. Which then again, in that situation, only leaves Songnam. So, yeah. Um, then next up for Songnam is Suwon, which again, Suwon will probably maybe. And there has not used a massive game or, or a tough game, but we are unbeaten uh, away from them. Uh, just, twice. just just before we get into the rest of the song, like you say you're, 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 for your predictions for this weekend, you're going for Poang to beat Chumbuk? Yes, a draw at least. And you're going for Suwon to beat Jeju? I'm, I'm going for Suwon to beat Jeju, and I'm going for Poang to take something from Chumbuk. I'm not saying they'll beat them, but Chumbuk, I don't it, think they'll win that game. Is it at the Steel Yard or is it? It's, it's in Jumbuk. It's in Jumbuk, so yeah. But it's still the hardest game they've got. Yeah. I mean, like, looking at the fixtures, yeah. like, it's the hardest game. They couldn't have given Suwon first because the league was over if Jumbuk won. Songnam have been pretty poor at Jumbuk yeah. and will almost set to lose when they go there. So, against Jumbuk, I think so had them at home anyway. Yeah, and where they lost earlier in the season. With the last like, 3-0 or something like that. Which was, well, was one of the first games of the one season. One of the so first games, yeah. It was the Pak Jiong welcome, wasn't it? Yeah. They can't give Jeju a Jumbuk because they, they just played them. <laughs> like, literally, that was the last round. So they had to give... Um, they had to give it to... Uh, maybe two rounds ago, sorry. So they had to give it to uh, Pohang, yeah? Yeah. Uh, it's also the toughest game, as I said. I think Pohang will take something from Jeju. From Jongbuk, sorry. Maybe, so I'm looking at maybe one each. With Suwon humping Jeju to bring the gap down to only, would that be like six points? So if, if those are the, the two, those two games, that means Seoul are playing Songnam this weekend. It, it means does, It's yes. another weekend where we may or may not be speaking, depending. Uh, um, well, yes. I mean, judging by this season so far, <laughs> um, I've been pretty happy with, with the scores as, as of when. Um, I mean, they've played three times so far. There's been uh, a Songnam comeback twice to yep. draw one each and a Songnam victory. Yep. So we're going to this one probably, pro- unfortunately, probably confident, which we probably shouldn't be because that's never a good place for Songnam to be. I guess the key point, which we won't know now, is that obviously Seoul have a game away at Ulsan tomorrow. 
might may, might finish in 90 minutes, might go to 120 minutes, might have penalties. They might win, they might lose, and obviously a lot of variables will be going yeah, into yeah, sort of yeah. state of mind come Thursday, Friday, and how they approach this game on Saturday. So if they've beaten Ulsan, they'll be maybe a bit, little bit relaxed. They might lose. On the other hand, if they've lost heartbreakingly, they might be mentally shattered and lose. But alternatively, if they've, if they've lost heartbreakingly, they might realise that their only ACL hopes hang on them beating Songnam, beating Suwon and beating Pohang. Yeah. But I don't think Che's not a good enough coach to make that happen, so... Yeah. Well, you'd imagine you'd probably be... I can't see you losing your Suwon in the supermatch. Would have been at home, so... a bit of draw. Yeah. So, I mean, I think... Uh, I think that this weekend, I mean, there's obviously the three games in the in the bottom league as well. I don't know if we're going to have a look at them or not, but I mean, definitely like that this weekend, the three games in the in the uh, as they call it the championship group yeah. uh, are pretty huge. I think um, if they go the way that I think the uh, KFA have kind of thought they'll go, yeah. So the K League, then you're looking at a two one victory and John Book dropping something at Pohang. Just, just out of interest, back on again. When they do the post-split fixtures in Scotland, is it? Do they also sort of try and achieve this? Is it because you get the impression that the fixtures here in Korea this year have been done from a marketing point of view, right, to try and generate excitement for the league rather than any kind of random or? I mean, it's a bit of a different situation in Scotland because there's only, like, I mean, until Rangers went bankrupt and disappeared, yeah. like, there was only two teams that they could win it anyway. Yeah. Um, and what they did with them was that they had to always make sure that that fixture was played either after the league was won or before the league was mathematically possible to be won. Okay. Because of the, the riots and the trouble and so they, the, they never the crowd trouble. That, they never wanted that to be the deciding fixture. Yeah. Uh, it was once and there was like absolute riots and it was, a, it was a nightmare. So that game's never the last game. It's never the first game. Uh, but it's usually like the second game after the split. Yeah. Like, depending on, on the point gap. Uh, other games, I don't think they really put that much focus into the other games. I think they've... I think in Scotland they they kind of focus more on making sure that there's a as even a split as possible. Yeah. Uh, between their like home and away games, in Korea this year anyway, I think they put more of a focus on like okay, what games will get is the best finish. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I don't think we can talk about all six teams in the top because I I know what Seoul's games are, you know what Songnam's games are, yeah. but I don't I'm not overly familiar with what the other games are, but. So I know a few. We've, we've <laughs> <laughs> talked about the opening round for the top yep. group. So we've got, uh, we say, second versus sixth, first versus third, and fourth versus fifth. So Seoul, Songnam are on the same same number of points at the moment, yes, right? Yes, it's just Goldev and separates them. Yeah, so going, the result of this game will decide who goes on to the next round with an advantage. Yep, yeah. Uh, who have you got in your in the second round of the five games? In the second round of the five games, we play Suwon at home. And Seoul play Chumbuk at home. Yeah, but both at home are there. Yeah. Which means Pohang play Jeju in the steel yard. And then uh, round three? Round three um, is the Supermatch. Yep, Seoul Suwon at, at, at Seoul. Yep, and it's Songnam's first away game. And I believe we're. At Pohang. I think John Booker playing Jeju. 
then round four. So I'll so go to Jeju again for the third time. Yep, uh, and Songnam go to Jombuk. And then the last round is Jombuk come to Suwon on the same day that Songnam hosts Jeju. And so go to Pohang. And so go to Pohang. So the way the split system works here is that because everyone's played each other three times in the first half of the season, half the teams have played 17 games at home and the other half have played 16 games at home. So they, whoever has 17 games at home in the first half of the season only gets two home games in the second half, regardless of what the actual split. Yes. So they don't work on playing two home, two away for the for the six teams in the top. It's which based on the same number of home games over the whole season. Which is the opposite from Scotland. Scotland tries to make it so that each team has played two home, two away. Because we view it as being, and quite rightly, to be honest, I think in, in Scotland, that we do, we, we do view it as being a bigger disadvantage to be away than it is to be at home. I don't think it really is in the K-League, to be honest. I think unless you're actually going to John Book, I don't think there's a big, dis- I mean, I, I don't think there's a huge disadvantage, or I don't think there's a, a massive difference between home and away games, to be honest. So, um, so this year, Seoul get to go to Cheju three times, because yeah. they played 17 home games in the pre-split, which means they only get two home games post-split, yeah. and based on the vagaries of the way it works, Cheju the team that we get to visit three times. I mean, it should also probably be added as well that the the, the, the pre-split fixtures are generally... They, they do a prediction on who they think will be in the top six and who they think will be in the bottom six. Obviously, before the season started, no one thought that Songnam would be in the top six. Yeah. So Songnam's top six fixtures are actually Osan's fixtures, what, what they thought Osan would have. Uh, so I think Songnam actually do finish this season with one more home game than away games I don't think their split is even because the way it worked out should be we have three home games and two away games yeah so you have 16 home games first up so you get three now three home games now what's it slightly more I think I think we have more home than away I can't can't remember but anyway it's it's done so that each team gets 19 home games 19 away so I think I think it's maybe then that Jeju are coming to Songnam three times yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jeju comes, so that you, so so go to Jeju three times, and Jeju comes to Songnam three times. Do you think that's fair? As opposed to, surely once it's split, it's irrelevant what Incheon, Chonnam, and whatever are doing. And surely it, it should be about the top six teams that are challenging for the the title, having two two games two away against each other. I mean, there's different ways of looking at it, yeah. But that you can look at it and say that basically you could just take it. I mean, like you you, you don't wipe the points quite yeah. like. Soccer way does by <laughs> take everyone back to zero for some reason, but you, you don't do that. But what you could do is just say, okay, the six there, teams. There are people that say we should do that, which is a whole other argument, probably not worth having today. It's happened previously, and I don't, I, I, I don't agree with it. But what you could do is you could be like, okay, you could take, okay, let this split it, top six, bottom six, everyone puts each other twice. It does add more games on, adds another like five games, five, five games but. It does mean that everyone in that group plays, okay, you play another X amount of games, another 10 games instead of 5 games, but you can't do that in Korea, unfortunately, because of the weather. You would be playing midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend. I mean, that's... Because you, you, you can't start the season any earlier because it's freezing, and you can't finish it any, any later because it's freezing. I guess you 
could probably do it in in seasons where there's no World Cup or that you could probably like do last it. year we had a month off for the World Cup. But yeah, this year, and then yeah. and then we finished on like Christmas Eve almost. Yeah, this year we had a couple of couple of weeks off. Mainly, I guess, because of the height of summer rather than there's any particular footballing reason. But I mean, if you regularly do that idea of like each team plays other twice, you just make the fixtures up earlier in, in, in the season. I mean, like the challenge plays 40 games. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, so you could just make it up earlier in the season. Really, you know, like the first maybe a couple of months, you play Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. But I guess you've got ACL games where we're yeah, probably but, challenger yeah, playing where. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, like the classic teams tend to get further in the in the FA Cup, so therefore they're going to be in a lot of rounds. So I mean, like, there's a lot of reasons why you probably can't have any more games than you than you currently have, uh, which is why they have to do this system. I did read on the on the football forum, you know, oh, it's a really boring split this year. It's a really boring uh, top six. There's, there's there's nothing to play for. I completely disagree. You have technically two two teams that are still playing for the title. Whoa, whoa! Technically, five teams are still playing. Well, yeah, mathematically. But mathematically, but I mean technically. Uh, and that, you that will change this weekend because <laughs> either Seoul, Songnam, or both of them will no longer be mathematically yes. able to win the title. And my money goes on both of them. Probably, yeah. So, quick round of predictions. We're not going to do the, ch- the, the the relegation group. Just do the top games that matter. I don't, anyone cares about Incheon v Jonam or whatever it is? Well, I guess in the relegation group, it's all about whether Pusan can catch Kwangju. They can't. And I don't think they can. I, I, I think it's almost impossible. Tejon are, are not mathematically out of, not mathematically relegated, but effectively. I think the biggest problem for for Pusan and uh, Dejon is the fact that their 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 group contains Jonam and Usan. Whereas they were probably thinking it would contain maybe Jonam, probably Songnam, and a shite Inchon. Uh, but actually, they, they had a, a top six Inchon. They have a, a, a what should be a top six Ulsan and a almost top six Jonam. So for those bottom three teams and a, and a Guangzhou that's not kind of rolling over. So for Dejon and Pusan, they're just going to get humped senseless. I, I guess in in the bottom half, there's only one match that matters, right? Which is going to be Kwangju versus Pusan. And I don't yeah. know whether that's being played. I don't know when it's being played. I don't know where it's being played. But apart from that, all the matches are pretty much irrelevant. I think. I believe. I predict. Yeah. Yeah, yes. So you're talking about... And even, and even that one, I think, is irrelevant anyway. But, I mean, what I mean is, like, if it, if, if it was tight at the bottom, uh, it would really hammer Dejan and Pusan to have to... You know, if there was a gap of only maybe, like, two points, yeah. it would be really tough for them because they're, they're, they're playing basically three top six teams yeah. as opposed to what they thought were going to be, like, poor teams, yeah? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it has been an interesting season. I don't, I don't think it hasn't been. I think Ulsan being in the uh, being in the in the uh, bottom six is massive. Uh, I think Incheon had a pretty good season until they blew it at the end. I mean, Ulsan two years ago they were ten seconds away from winning the title, yeah. and now they're down in ninth, tenth, yep. scrapping around. So, so I think my prediction for top six is going to be, and we and we rhyme off the, the six spots for you right now. Yep, it's going to be John Book. Yep. It's going to be Pohang. Yep. So that's going to be John Book, Pohang, Suwon, Seoul, Songnam, Jeju. Interesting. So I think Pohang will pip Suwon for second. And unfortunately, my heart says that Songnam will beat Seoul in their positioning, but unfortunately, I think over the five games, I think Songnam are likely to lose more than Seoul will. 
even though you've got an extra home game? Yes, because that home game was, that home game was the last game of the season. So that extra home game is the last game, and it's and it's Jeju, and Jeju have drawn twice, one each, and I think they'll draw again. But just I, I think we'll probably our big our big result will be when we beat Seoul, and I think we will beat Seoul. But I think our games against Jonburg and Pohang will finish because they're both away. Are going to finish away like away victories for me. The, yeah, home victories sorry, for them. For me, there's two interesting games for Seoul. Obviously, the super match because. If you exclude the nil-nil draw at home, we went to Suwon twice, got humped once, mm. thrashed them once, so it'd be interesting to see how they respond to that. You do read, you do read my blog. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other interesting game for me is Cheju away, because obviously we went the game we went to back yeah. in the summer, first time Cheju have ever beaten us. Yeah, And And now they've broken that jinx, it'll be interesting to see whether they can go on and build on that, whether it's back to like service resumed as normal. But uh, I guess it's edging closer to kick-off time here. We should probably head into the stadium, try Sounds and good. find a seat. Right, we've somehow managed to gain access to the ground for this game. First, we're three minutes into, four minutes into the game. First thoughts? Uh, I don't know any Jamaican players. Okay. <laughs> the last Jamaican player I remember was... Uh, Justin Fashion, which I think I said last week, a wooga. <laughs> That's the last player I know. And even he was English. Um, but interesting, the crowd is pretty poor. Yep. Um, I mean, still probably more than FC Show been getting all season, but uh, pretty poor crowd. Very sad. I, I guess the way the way they price these things means that. The bottom layer is quite empty because it's all the expensive seats, aren't they? Like 50, 50 yeah. or 100,000 grand a pop. And with our free tickets, we're in the top, the top tier in the east stand. Quite a lot of people up here. For the, I think these are 30,000 one a, a pop. Yeah, you so get them it's free. Not bad up here, yeah. I guess quite disappointing turnout from the Red Devils. Definitely. I mean, there's, there's fewer Red Devils than there are SG Soul fans on a, on a, on a Tuesday night game in winter. Yeah. That's really disappointing. The game so far, uh, nothing much happened. But we are pressing, but other than that, nothing much. So you're saying earlier, you, you thought they wanted to play Jamaica in this friendly because Jamaica play a physical kind of football? Yes. Um, I guess that in the World Cup qualifiers. When it comes to intercontinental playoffs, Asia's scheduled to play against North America, I assume. So they're going to be, I guess we'll see a number of friendlies against potential sort of mid tier North American teams. Yeah, I think so. But I think so. also, as I said, I mean, I think if you look at how Korea has fared in recent World Cups as well, they've kind of come unstuck against bigger, more physical teams. Yeah. Uh, I think Korea have a lot of skill, a lot of like, you know, like kind of good play on the deck. Yeah. But when it comes to like physical teams, they kind of use the power apart. Yeah. Easily bullied off the ball, aren't they? Yeah. So I'm wondering if maybe you'll see a lot more kind of friends against you know like teams at like Jamaica, maybe African teams, like maybe like Nigeria and so on, just to see if they can maybe actually like kind of test themselves against more physical presence. 
Your thoughts on the starting lineup? <laughs> Pretty much as I thought it would be. Eleven Koreans <laughs> against eleven Jamaicans. So, I mean, obviously we're we're in the top tier, quite far off. So it, it does look like Jung and Gold. It does look like Jung and Gold. Obviously, Kee Sung Young's the captain. All right, I guess we'll watch the match for a bit more and pick it up when something else happens. So we finally figured out most of the Korean team, and we figured it out because we saw a striker blazing the ball by the post and realised it must be Hwang Yi-jo. And of course it was. It was. But uh, yeah, Wangy Joe started. Uh, it looks like Jidong Wong's partner him. Obviously, Key's captain. Yeah. Jong, Jong in goal, as we Jong thought. Uh, apart from Key, most of the usual suspects. Oh, <laughs> the non usual suspects. Most of the European stars are missing, are they not? Yeah, uh, I believe, yeah. I mean, obviously, Jidong Wong's here. Yeah, well, I said European stars, not European-based players. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, apart from Key, there's no other European stars, I don't think. There's no Lee Chung Young. No... Arsenal Son. No Kuja Chong. Yeah. Um, the, the Portuguese guy. Uh, he's, he's, he's in the starting lineup, uh, not on the pitch, he's, he's on the bench. The guy who plays for, yeah, the guy who's with that wonder goal. Yeah, he's, he, he's on the bench, number nine. And then uh, Jamaican players. Used to be like when they qualified for the World Cup last time, there was a bunch of EPL sort of fringe players, wasn't it? And now, hard push to find more than one or two players who I've heard of. Yeah, so I think the, most of the players seem to play for Portland Timbers and a bunch Vancouver of yeah, North American based players, and then players from the second, third tier in England, like the guy playing for Exeter City, yeah. the guy playing for Crystal Palace. Yep, exactly. We are also surprised as well that uh, Ryan Johnson of Seoul Elan fame is not playing. Yep. We guess he must be injured because he would have been a number one call-up, obviously. And I see previous guest of the podcast, Kelly's here. She is here, fresh from her, her spring break, or whatever it was, in China. Jamaica. No, she went over on a court. Right. I see... I see Kelly's bought you a beer, so I'll get your thoughts on the game before you become too inc incoherent. Okay. Do you I'm make in the game of our thoughts in Korea in general. But <laughs> uh, I think I mean I think I've said this before, but I still like looking at the game so far. Like the Korean, the Korean national team don't play like a team. Yeah. They play a as a bunch of individuals. individuals. I think we said this before. It's like Son Ong Min's clearly a, a very talented player, but he just doesn't fit in with the team at all. He's yeah. so far above the rest of them that. He's not playing today because he's injured, but. And I think if you look at it, for me, I, I think the reason why is because, like, the players are so, like, the Korean national players generally are so like dispersed across so many different leagues and different styles of football. You have like Key in England, you know, you have like G in uh, Germany, you know, you have like, the ones that play in the Middle East. The guy in Portugal. Yeah, Portugal, China. China. Japan, Korea. Yeah, yeah it's like all different styles of football, different ways of playing, like different, uh, different ideas about when to hold the ball, when to play the ball, when to release the ball, like how, like how to play, and they're all trying to work under, like you know, normally a Korean manager, never a German manager, but I think it's probably trying to get, get them to play some kind of form of cohesive German style. Actually, it's not working. I think. I think what they have to do is, I mean, 
if you look at Scotland, for example, they have a lot of Scottish players playing different. Because that's such a shining example that everyone should aspire to. Yeah. No, but I mean, Scotland, Ireland, I've looked at those two teams, right? Yeah. Like, none of those players, like, few of those players play in the actual domestic league. A lot of them play in like, different leagues, especially Ireland. You know, like Robbie Keane can still play for Bird Island even though he plays in America because they, they grew up together like there was a kind of you know they, they went through the kind of youth phase together they broke into leagues together yeah. they played in the domestic league together or whatever and then they moved yeah. and I think that's the biggest thing about Koreans is that Koreans tend to move so quickly before they've even really achieved anything in the domestic league they're packed off to China or to the Kuwait or to Germany and I hope that they'll be the next big thing that's my fear for that young Barcelona kid. He's never going to be a, he's never going to help the Korean national team win anything. He's just going to be another fun young man. He's going to be outstanding in five years' time. Uh, actually, it's interesting you brought him up because he's, he's what, 16, 17 now? Yeah. So if you think about England, for example, they brought Rooney and Owen into the national team when That's they were 17, 18. 17, yeah. And clearly this guy at Barcelona is pretty talented. Do you think there's not... Given Korea's relative lack of strikers, do you not think there's a... a, a uh, oh! Almost a chance there for Hwang Yijol. Do you not think there's a, a reason you could think about calling him up to the national team now? At, at the age of 16, 17? But that's my point. At least it's 16, 17. Rooney and Owen were playing for Liverpool and uh, Everton. Yeah. Like, in a league that was competitive, in a league like, where they were learning tactics that the English manager himself would use. Yeah. You've got this kid who's playing for like, Barcelona B. Yeah. He's not actually playing, he's not developing at all. He's just playing with better players. But that's not going to develop him in any way to be a, a team player with a team spirit, being able to follow tactics and so on. I just I don't think it works. I think, first of all, you have poor coaches in Korea anyway. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, so, like, the, the coaching system in Korea is not great. I understand that. But shipping them off at 16 years of age, 15 years of age to, to, to Barcelona, it's not going to help your national team in any way whatsoever. This guy's going to come back with an eagle. He's going to come and play. and it, it, it's, it's like that young Norwegian boy, Martin Orkenstad, whatever his name is, yep. that's at Real Madrid. He's not helping the, the, the Norwegian national team. He should have moved to a league that was maybe more suited to Norwegian-style play. Like the EPL. Like the EPL. So, you know, in like another 150 episodes time, when we're doing episode 200 and something... And he's, like, and he's just... Not, he's just like scored a hat trick against Japan in the World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can take it all back, but... So, yeah, I, I do think that... I, I like the fact he started Wangy Joe tonight. Give him a chance. He's given a chance, and Wangy Joe knows some of the guys behind him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he, and uh, he, he might actually perform better than, say, for example... G up front on his own or Ku who I think has done nothing in the national team since he left Jeju although he did score the winner the other day against Q8 exactly nothing in the national team since he left Jeju <laughs> I did watch games before I review them and anything else to add at this point? Uh, nothing much apart from so Where's Kelly gone? Should we get some beers? Jamaica? <laughs> I did actually, yeah. <laughs> so since we last talked, Korea have got a goal up and Hwang Yijo hit the crossbar. Yep. The goal was scored by uh, that 
world famous, world class, amazing striker, G done one. Yeah. He did so well at Sunderland or wherever he was. Yeah. Um, it was a pretty sweet header actually. Corner came in, he had it for maybe about six yard line, I guess. Uh, then after that, as Paul said, Wangy Joe, from the 18 lad, playing rocks the crossbar like he does on a, on a weekly basis, to be honest. Um, so yeah, Korea Ooh. should be two up. There's probably three chances that three half chances that Hwangi Joe's had. Yep. Yeah. So you got to feel the goals coming in about 30 minutes time. Or probably either that or Uri will take him off at half time. Yeah, I suppose. Hopefully he won't pull him off at half time. I think you should at least give him an hour. Should give him an hour, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Jamaica been impressed, Paul? Um. They've not been too bad. They've been showing a lot of physicality. Yeah. Uh, a bit of skill, but I guess they've come a long way. I guess, I guess it's a long flight from Jamaica to get here. Probably need to... I, I guess it's about a few hours from Jamaica to probably New York or Atlanta and then another 14, yeah. 15 hours from there, so I guess they're maybe tired. Yeah, I mean, they've been physical, but not impressed by the skill, to be honest. Um, maybe see more than the second half, but yeah. I've been over impressed by them. As I said, I think it's a completely different generation from the the reggae boys that we knew and love at was it France '98? Yes, yeah, yeah. When they were actually a quite strong, but here, yeah. Uh, yes, I think pay, pay poor. probably mentioned offline that they they started their World Cup qualifying last month with a, a two-parter against I believe it was Nicaragua. I'm not, don't quote me on it, but I think it was Nicaragua, and they only just got through. And Nicaragua are really piss poor team. So. Well, I'm not, makes you makes you maybe question the, the idea behind the friendly choice, but ultimately, I guess maybe that was to give them something different to play against. Um, but I Korea, guess they're they're actually quite limited in who they could choose because obviously, final round of Euro Euro 2016 qualifiers this weekend, so you can't pick anyone from Europe. And CONCAF as well, with the USA and Mexico been playing, uh, playing each other as well. Yeah, South America started up this weekend, so they're all out. Africa started this weekend, so they're yeah, all they're out. out as well, yeah. uh, I guess there wasn't very many you could pick from, yeah. Most of, the, most of the Asian teams are still doing World Cup qualifiers tonight. So I guess there are a couple of teams that are off. But So that gives you, I guess, New Zealand again. Or one of the other North American teams who maybe is not playing. So. Yeah. I think also looking at the crowd numbers as well, it maybe makes you think, should the, should the KFA maybe take it on the roads a little bit more? Maybe take it to places like maybe Suwon, Tanchon maybe even? I know next month you've got a World Cup qualifier against Myanmar, which is being played at Suwon. Okay. So, there's another doubleheader, they're away, maybe away in Laos and then home to Myanmar being played at Suwon. So I'll probably go along to that and yeah, hope so, yeah. see them score seven or eight goals. Oh, lost it! Jeez. My my mum will probably be going to that, so she, we can go do a live podcast from Suwon with so, again, you, you, me, and my mum. <laughs> sounds good to me. That's it. That's it. There's no horse sort of for that weekend anyway. Yeah, live podcast. So just coming up to half time now, so we'll we'll leave it here for the minute and pick up halfway through the second half. So the final whistle's just gone. Do you want to tell us how it ended? 
finished 3-0 to Korea. So two goals in the second half. Two goals in the second half, yep. Do you want to take us through them? I'll see for the third. Yeah, two pretty good goals. Um, second goal was a penalty from Kisanyong. Which, judging by your reaction, you didn't think it was a penalty initially? I don't think it was. I thought it was a pretty soft penalty. But uh, he struck it very well. Uh, very confident, very well shot. Very good to know. Uh, third goal was from Songnam's favourite son, uh, Wang Yi Zhou. The, the I shot. That was Hong Cho. <laughs> It's a shot by Jidan Wan. Keep it parried. Yun Shikaram. None of them. Uh, or Kim Ti Wan or Sever Jeprov. They keep it parried. Melina. Wang. He, uh, he, cut, he beautifully dummied the, the Jamaican defender. Yep. Uh, and slotted it home easily. Throwing goal. First international goal. Throwing me, man. Absolutely brilliant. So you think he'll keep his place for next month's internationals? Nope. We've got two. two. No. No? I think they're against relatively weak teams, right? Laos away, Myanmar at home. So. I, mean, I hope he plays them in one. Yeah. I, mean, I hope he gives like, I hope he realizes that, you know, Kaylee players can actually play well. Yeah. Kaylee players can actually win games. And perhaps having a nucleus of Kaylee players is actually the best bet going forward for the team. Have some flair players from a uh, European country, you know, from Europe and so on. To have the nucleus of your team being from the K League. You think Pang played today to the same standard he plays for Songnam, or better or worse, or probably same standard. Like, uh, smashed a few chances, but he's always in the right place at the right time. That's the thing I've always said that about me. He never takes about four or five chances to score. Yeah. He's always there, and he never gives up. So three 0 it ended. So, oh, who's, the, who's the hardest game in the group? Do you think still to come? Kuwait. No, I don't have time, hurry up! Alright, I guess we'll... What, what? Have you got a good a good piece of music to play us out, Mark? Uh, I think it's going to be something that sums up all of our weekends and also the team today, and that is probably Afroman and... I'ma stop singing this song because I'm high. I'm singing this whole thing wrong because I'm high. And if I don't sell one copy, I know why. Why, yeah, cause I'm high, cause I'm high, cause I'm high. Are you really high, man?